Oh yeah, the music for this absolutely rips. That was the that was the uh, my original I think music for Dead Letter Society, and then I changed it. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I'm excited. Welcome to the Freddy Dog Spook 'em Up, the semi-regular podcast where Marn forces me to watch a horror movie, and then we do a podcast where I go. Uh... <laughs> My name is Andrew. I'm Marn, and and that's how we start this show. Apparently, <laughs> today. As you saw in the title of this episode, we are getting spooked with John Carpenter's 1996 movie, I think, 19... Scream. Uh, yeah, 1996. Nailed it in one. I am a professional podcaster. Um... Wait, did you say John Carpenter? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> this is definitely Wes Craven, isn't it? Try that one again. <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> uh wesley craven directed this movie <laughs> fuck uh we're off to a great start <laughs> i want to start us off by asking you uh why did you make me watch scream uh, because it's one of my favorite horror movies. <laughs> I just really like it. <laughs> what about it do you like, and what made you think that this was a good movie for me? This sounds like an accusation. I oh, promise no. I'm not interrogating you. <laughs> well, I wanted to watch something different than we watched last time. So, like, I wanted to watch something really, really drastically different from The Thing. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I think that this movie is very interesting in the way that it is technically a satire but it's not like a funny satire yeah and i think yeah and i think there's a lot of like interesting things to talk about when it comes (laughs) to this movie (laughs) sounds good so i i watched this movie the other day um I was excited because I found some time to sit down and I had I, I had a, a Nintendo DS that I was disassembling and reassembling, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is the only way that I can get through a slasher movie is what I discovered because I could not. I was like two minutes into the movie and I was like, I can't just sit and like give this movie my undivided attention, partially because of ADD, partially because I I cannot handle this. <laughs> The suspense of a spooky dude who might stab you with a knife out of the blue uh, gets me. And uh, so I needed to have something to do with my hands. Um, So I might not have had the most ideal viewing experience for getting truly spooked him up. uh, But I definitely got spooked him up. (laughs) What's the past tense of spook him up? Uh, I think think spooked him up was right. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) So I got to say, I, I 
I thought this movie was interesting, but I don't know that I liked it. And I think part of it is that I, uh, I, I promise I don't compare everything to Shin Godzilla now. Um, <laughs> but I feel like watching this movie, uh, it kind of got the same feeling where I watched that, where I was like, I feel like I'm watching a movie that is deeply invested in a deconstruction or reconstruction or whatever you want to call it for the genre of, in this case, slasher movies. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that I've never really watched a slasher movie before. No, I mean, that's that's definitely fair. <laughs> there was a lot of times in this movie where they were like, here's the rules for horror movies. And I was like, oh, shit, let me get a pen because I have no <laughs> idea what you're about to say. <laughs> and I, I realized, I think my other problem going into this movie is that I've seen scary movie. Yeah. Which I did not realize was based on the plot of this movie. <laughs> yeah, this was like one of the original like 90s slasher movies that was kind of like meta commentary on other horror movies. Ever, like all of the other like 90s kind of like meta commentary horror movies spun out of this and just like weren't as good as this one. <laughs> what are what are the other movies that are in that like what other movies were birthed this movie like was birthed by like old slasher movies but especially like friday the 13th and halloween and nightmare on elm street right yeah i want to say the 90s was like scream and final destination and um, i know what you did last summer is that one of them yeah that was one of them Okay. That there was just that like whole wave of like teen horror movies that were about like cool teens in peril. <laughs> I know I looked up a little bit of a uh, trivia about the movie and from what I read Wes Craven was like, "Yeah, I I wrote this movie to like put slasher movies in the ground." Yeah. Um and to say like, "Hey, aren't slasher movies dumb? I know that I played a hand in making them, but like we can put these to bed now. Uh, and instead, everyone was like, hell yeah, slasher movies are dumb. Let's make more of them. We love this shit. Yeah, it's really interesting because, like, Scream kind of revitalized the horror genre in a way that it wasn't super supposed to, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's It was weird watching this movie knowing that it did that because I was like, it was. I was literally, the, the moment you're just like, is this your man? Like... This yeah. is this is the movie that re- <laughs> revitalized a genre. Yeah, because like horror went through this like weird dip in like kind of the late eighties, early nineties, where like a lot of horror movies being released were just like sequels to the big like franchises, like Friday the Thirteenth, and mm-hmm. a lot of those ended up going like straight to video or not being very popular in cinemas. So like horror was pretty much dying out, uh, and then Scream came out, and people were like oh, we can just, like, make new slasher movies. (laughs) (laughs) It's very funny that people are like, it's time to revitalize this industry. Time to just come up with a title that it's still the same plot, basically. But uh, let's just put a new new fresh coat of paint on it. Yeah. There's something something honorable in that. Well, cool. I guess I'll let you lead a charge on a plot summary is is the best way to go through this. 
Yeah, I don't really it. know, and I'll give you my commentary on what I thought about it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I felt kind of like a tourist watching this movie, where I was like, okay, I don't really get it, but I'm glad that you all are having fun, and it seems like you all are in, enjoying making this. So, um, <laughs> I <laughs> I don't know if I would say that I enjoyed it, but I'm glad that I watched it. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, there's a lot of like. I mean, I'll get into it. There's like, there's a lot of cool things that kind of happen in this movie that you don't really realize when you're watching it. Okay. Ryan Hollinger, who's like a a horror movie commentary guy who I like on YouTube. He makes like video essays about horror movies. Has a really good video essay about Scream that I'm probably going to like echo a lot of when I end up talking about it, but it's worth watching. I, I yeah I'm 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 interested in getting into that because I am um I think more than I am I I don't want this episode to just be me griping about things I don't like about this movie because I don't think that I really disliked it in that way I, I don't have any gripes with it I just clearly I just watched it and I was like all right this is clearly not my cup of tea but like <laughs> you all have fun so I, I'm I'm really curious to I, I really want to hear your side of things and. Who do you think you are? What gives you the right? Uh, Why did you make me watch this movie? Why does this movie matter to you? (laughs) Is kind of where I want to is where I want to go with this, I guess. No, yeah, I I understand. I get that. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, uh, on that note, what do you say we get into the thing? Not the thing. I'm looking at the thing right now. (laughs) What do you say? Oh, boy. I'm just going to close this window. What do you say we get into Scream? Yeah, let's do it. So the movie starts with uh, this incredible, like, very long scene that's, like, incredibly iconic where... What actress fucking is it? It's Drew Barrymore, right? Yeah, Drew, Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Yeah. She... Yeah, this movie had a had a had an all-star 90s cast. Just well, a, Drew, a real group of bangers. Were... Most of the actors in this, I think, were pretty much were pretty unknown when they put the movie out. But like Drew Barrymore was kind of their big selling point, and it was like big and controversial that they like killed her in the first scene of the movie. Oh, okay. It's it's kind of weird watching in in reverse because nowadays, uh, first of all, I was surprised. It's kind of it, it, movies in the '90s. It's like if I remember someone's name in a movie from the '90s, it's yeah. like wow, like they must have been someone. But like it's wild they got. I mean, what was the cast? Drew Barrymore, Rose McGowan, uh, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Shaggy from Scooby Doo, um, <laughs> and uh, the other two guys, uh, Jamie Kennedy, is that his name? Yeah. And another teenage heartthrob from the 90s whose name I'm blanking on. But like the fact that all of these people are together in this movie was really surprising to me because normally horror movies are just like, here's five nobodies and then one person you might recognize. Mm-hmm. And like they they kind of did that, I feel like, because they, by being like, hey, Drew Barrymore is going to be in this movie and then like killing her in the first scene. Yeah. They psychoed her. They really did. <laughs> um. So yeah, so she's she's in her house and she gets... Uh, this it's this really long iconic scene where she's on the phone with this like unknown person and they're talking about scary movies and he starts threatening her while she's like running around the house in peril and murders her boyfriend because she can't like answer 
horror movie trivia and then gets her on a real (laughs) shitty technicality i love that scene i love that scene a lot it's just like it's such a really good like microcosm of what makes a good scene in a horror movie because the tension goes from like zero to 60 so fast Mm-hmm. absolutely is is scream why millennials are scared of making phone calls i don't know absolutely. you just never know who's on the other end of the line with a knife ready to stab <laughs> your boyfriend yeah <laughs> uh i yeah i thought the scene was really good and really just a very strong opening scene with a lot of tension which is exactly why i was like well time to break out a screwdriver and a game boy <laughs> to see if i can't uh move this nervous energy somewhere else (laughs) yeah and like one of one of my favorite points that like the the video essay about scream that i really like makes is that like scream uses temporal logic very well and they like have a lot of the scenes happen basically in real time so like yeah okay they kind of establish it in this one by her like having the popcorn going and that's like a thing that keeps coming back to is like she has popcorn going on the stove and like mm-hmm. the scene is happening in real time so you like see her popcorn start burning and like catch fire and stuff while this whole like long phone conversation is happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really cool, really smart slow build. Yeah, I I liked it a whole lot. Yeah. Good good scene. Even so, <laughs> if you're listening to this and you haven't watched the movie, just like go on YouTube and literally watch the first scene. <laughs> of this movie yeah the opening scene of this movie is great um (laughs) and it ends like it's one of the things that was really surprising about this movie to me um there's a lot of i'm I'm speaking in generalities and the assumptions that i have about the genre so feel free to call me out if i'm wrong Mm -hmm. um but a lot of what i have come to know about like like freddie and jason are that they're like almost extra worldly in like uh stamina and their ability to pop up places correct and the way that scream man played out does scream man have a name Ghostface. okay Ghostface. uh the way that Ghostface is treated in these movies is very human when he gets kicked he goes oh and falls yeah. over uh when you like trip him he like trips like a doofus he's really a he doesn't he he feels scarier by being human than he does as some like extraworldly entity that just wants to kill. Um, yeah, I totally And I agree. think that that works really well in this movie despite the fact that like they kind of make him look like an idiot which makes it even scarier when he's able to kill you cuz it's like great. Like this goofus can pull off like 12 murders by the end of this movie. Yeah, one of my favorite things is how much he eats shit towards like the end he of this movie. He completely eats shit. Um, <laughs> it it's great. It's a scene where later on in the movie she like throws beer bottles at him and yeah. he just like boom. <laughs> and so it, like good. it's you you kick him and he like tumbles downstairs. It's a very I I like how humanizing that is uh-huh. of of the scream man. You know, like a <laughs> human <laughs> <laughs> of mr scream yeah mr S- so i mean it it makes him scarier because you're just like this is a person with a knife uh-huh. um and not just like in, in watching a movie you're just like yeah it's a malevolent murder spirit of course it murders people here it's like it's a dude and uh 
you can like stop him in like for a time in the way that you could stop a person, but like he will get you. It's it's very good. I like it a lot. Yeah, I no, I agree. That's like one of my favorite parts of this movie. Um, <laughs> I I feel like this this movie is very invested in all of its characters just being like people. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, <laughs> half being people. Half being walking encyclopedias of every horror movie that's come out in the past 12 years. Yes, that also. (laughs) (laughs) That that part got a little annoying. (laughs) It's Um, like, I get it, Kevin Smith. You've seen movies. Like... (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, so they, uh, Drew Barrymore's, uh, parents find her corpse, uh, hanging from a tree in their yard. There's a police investigation that starts, news reporters show up, uh, and then we meet the actual protagonist, Sydney, who gets also a phone call from Ghostface, but then her, no, that doesn't happen yet. Her boyfriend yeah, shows the, up at the, her house first. Yeah, her boyfriend <laughs> shows up. Do... How do we want to go into this? Do we want to just say, like, let's blow the spoiler horn yeah, right let's, now let's and just blow, say, yeah. like... We, fucking why not? <laughs> all right. Uh, we're going to leave, like, five seconds of silence. And then we're going to start talking spoilers for the beyond the first five minutes of this movie. So, yeah. uh... Brrr, spoiler horn. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so the same night that the murder happens, uh, it goes to Sydney... Uh, and her boyfriend Billy Loomis shows up and like climbs in her window and whatever, uh, and and we kind of get the establishing stuff with them, of like he's he's a bad boy. I I think of him as kind of like Bobby Briggs from Twin Peaks. I don't know if that is a reference that tracks for you. <laughs> yeah, I guess that checks out. I could see that. They're just like just the kind same, of a... <laughs> they're just like the same character to me for some reason. Yeah, he's just kind of like. Dark, dumb, and doofy. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. It's weird to me how much this movie is directly about virginity. Yeah. And I, and not even in a way that people are like, all horror movies are about abstinence and the imagery of a knife going into flesh. Like, not even like that. It's just literally like, this guy's like, hey, we should have sex. And she's like, I want to keep it like over the clothes. And mm-hmm. he's like, okay, I can do that. And the movie <laughs> is about her like coming to terms with herself and comfort in her body in a way that I really was not expecting in Scream. Yeah, I like Sydney. She's a great protagonist. Yeah, she's really cool. I I looked into uh I looked into I finished watching this movie and then I looked up like what happens in the other Scream movies. And watched some choice scenes, oh, and uh, Sydney's great. <laughs> oh yeah, she's good. I've seen so I've seen the second one. I've never seen three and four. I hear that three is like universally hated by fans of the original movie. So I am gonna watch it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of neat because it, from what I read, Scream Two is about this movie is about horror movies. Yeah. Scream 2 is about horror sequels. Mm-hmm. Scream 3, I, I don't remember exactly what that one is. And Scream 4 is about horror reboots. Oh, interesting. And they're making a fifth one. Really? Mm-hmm. That one will be about direct-to-streaming horror shows. <laughs> um. So um, yeah, so so Billy comes in through the window. They have their whole like conversation about how they're not going to have sex and they're going to keep their relationship PG-13. 
Uh, we meet Sydney's dad, and we learn that he's like going out of town, and she's going to be in the house by herself. And then it cuts to them at school the next day, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and then you meet, and then we meet the rest of her friends because they're like talking about the the murder that happened, which like. If you've seen this movie before, it's pretty obvious in that conversation who the murderers are. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I knew that um, here, super spoiler horn. I knew that uh, Matthew Lillard was the killer, uh-huh. and I knew that there was a second killer, uh-huh. but I didn't know who the second person was. Oh, interesting. Wait, and how- so. I'm so huh? curious as to how you got that specific spoiler. Um, just I've I've seen I've seen little bits and pieces before, and I know the like the iconic like oh man you you cut too deep I I'm dying man I can feel it like I I, I I've seen those clips of him mm-hmm. and he's very memorable in those scenes. I didn't remember which other generic '90s dude. <laughs> was the other guy in the scene. Okay, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so there were a couple characters I knew it wasn't, but I didn't remember which one it was. <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally fair. Matthew Lillard is great in this movie, by the way. He's really good. He's delightfully unhinged in uh, in the end of this movie, and throughout the rest of the movie, he plays, like, a shitbag teen really well. Yeah. Not, like, a real asshole, but just a kid that's just, like, real shitty. This, I think this was, like, one of the first movies he was in. He's really good. He's very good. Um. So, yeah, so they, they have, like, their, their whole conversation. Doesn't she get, like, talked to by the police at school? Yeah, she yeah, comes yeah, in yeah. and has, like, they have a conversation, and then the principal's kind of weird to her, too. Yeah, we find out that, like, her mom was murdered a, a year ago, and she has, like, weird baggage about it, and she got the guy who murdered her mom sent to jail, but he might have been innocent and not actually murdered her mom. Yeah, and we also learn, we meet, like, a reporter who is basically Nancy Grace. Mm-hmm. She thinks that the other person, what did like, didn't do it, and that uh, Sydney completely lied about the whole thing or not lied about the whole thing but like was a dumb kid and like her dumb kidness got who she thinks is an innocent man arrested yeah 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 uh and her and her and sydney have like conflict because she because she wrote this whole book about how like sydney lied about whatever or like was incorrect about the evidence and like got an innocent guy thrown in jail yeah gail is a great shitty reporter character she's great i love gail uh also we meet my favorite character uh deputy dewey who's the best (laughs) character in the entire franchise i he in 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 scary movie uh there's a character named like deputy doofy who's just like the dumbest person around and i really didn't realize how much of a direct Uh one-to-one comparison he was to deputy dewey i love dewey so much and (laughs) true he's so good oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i love that he's like especially when he's like at the school he's like trying to be cool and like official and sydney's just like oh hey what's up dewey (laughs) 
Yeah, it's 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 really fun having this like small town vibe where it's like, yeah, everyone knows each other mm-hmm. and like even the cop that's around this is just like some like your friend's brother. Uh-huh. It's really good. It's so good. So yeah, so then so we get all this like establishing stuff. We meet Sydney's friends, and then Sydney goes home. By the way, can we talk about Sydney's house? What about it? It's just like bonkers, right? Like the layout of her house is weird. <laughs> it's very weird. There's like I, there was a minute where I I was like, this living room does not match the rest of the house that we've seen. And there's like a she has like two decks, and like one is right outside her like the second floor of the house. Look, they needed to make these houses as big as possible so that they could beat the shit out of Ghostface it's in true. as many different rooms as they could. <laughs> Everyone... They gave her two staircases so that he can chase her up one, get kicked down one, and then get kicked down another one. Everyone in this movie lives in a McMansion is precisely uh-huh. because they needed to do that. Absolutely. Um. So yeah, so Sydney is alone at her house because uh, her dad is out of town. And she's waiting for her friend Tatum, and she gets a, a phone call from Mr. Scream, uh, and then is attacked by Ghostface, who chases her up the stairs into her room? Yes. Which is, like, kind of a meta gag, because earlier in, in the movie, they're, like, talking about horror movies, and she's like, well, I don't understand like protect horror movie protagonists all they do is like run up the stairs to the second floor <laughs> yeah she says like uh she says always running up the stairs when they should be running out the door uh-huh. and then <laughs> as uh the same thing. well <laughs> she yeah when ghostface is chasing her she like when he calls the first thing she does is like lock at a chain on the door and then as she gets chased she like can't get the front door open and she's like fuck it and runs upstairs yeah. and i was like okay this movie knows what it's doing <laughs> yeah it's a good gag yeah um so yeah so then uh ghostface chases her up to her room and then disappears and then billy shows up through her window and he drops his cell phone and sydney's like oh, clearly you were Ghostface because, like, he ran away and then you immediately came through my window with a cell phone. Yeah. Uh, And then the cops are at her house and so they arrest Billy and then Sydney goes to Tatum's house while Billy is in jail. Okay, what's up? (laughs) It's really interesting to me how... I feel like this movie plays with, like, how genre savvy its audience and characters are Mm -hmm. because every sign in the world points to the boyfriend being the killer. Yeah. Um, Which to anyone who's watching the movie is like, well, clearly he's not the killer uh, because everything looks like he's the killer. So clearly it's a red herring. Turns out he is the killer. (laughs) And so it's like, oh, like, Everything is reasonable in this world. We just don't expect it because the movie is pointing us directly at it and saying, this is a red herring. Haven't you seen horror movies before? I thought that was interesting and a really weird choice and a really good choice that the filmmakers used to like throw off suspicion by making him the absolutely most suspicious person in the world. Yeah, they really they really jerk you around. Mm-hmm. I think the movie wants you to think that like four different people could be the killers. Yeah. 
And so by doing that, all blame is deflected away from Billy until he's just like, yeah, of course I am. I showed up in the very suspicious moment doing very suspicious things because I was just chasing you with a knife. Why else would I have been there? Mm-hmm. I think it's um, great. So, so yeah, so Sydney goes to spend the night uh, at Tatum's and then while Billy is in jail, she gets a phone call from Ghostface and it's like, oh, well, Billy clearly can't be Ghostface because he's in jail. Mm-hmm. I also like this scene because of Dewey, like, running out of the bedroom, like, five minutes late to listen to the phone call. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of thought it might be Dewey while I was watching because he's like, yeah, they do set it up kind of that way at the beginning. He's always like very suspiciously out of frame anytime. It's one of those things where it's like, has anyone ever seen Dewey and Ghostface in the same room? <laughs> it's just like whenever Ghostface leaves off camera right, Dewey comes on camera left and was like, oh, shucks, did I miss the Ghostface? <laughs> um. So yeah. So so then uh, Billy gets bailed out of jail. Uh, the police trace the the ghost face calls to Sydney's dad's phone. Yes. And then Sydney gets chased by Ghostface at school. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of goes nowhere. Yeah. I remembered that because the last time I watched this, before I watched it like yesterday, I was like, "How long was he waiting in the bathroom?" <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things of comedy was from the old Cracked podcast, uh, and it's been lost to time, but it was basically, it was David Wong looking at the beginning of like, like the the beginning of Friday the 13th 2 or something like that, and just like beat by beat explaining the scene as it happened, and then saying like, great, this is what happened. From the killer's perspective, this is what had to have gone down. (laughs) which was like first of all he needed to get from camp crystal lake to this house uh but this was the 90s which meant that he didn't have a cell phone he didn't have google maps so he had to go to a gas station and ask a guy for directions to get to the specific house and then he had to like does he have a bicycle does he have a car we don't really know Uh, and just walks through the whole like explanation and i love looking at horror movies and going like how long was he in that stall yeah exactly (laughs) Was he just in there on the off chance that Sydney walked in? Or was he just going to murder anybody <laughs> who came in there? <laughs> he just tucked his feet up and he was like, all right. You know what it was? <laughs> Billy and Sydney are very close and he knows that after third period, she always goes and takes a dump on the third floor bathroom. So he was like, all right, time to post up and wait. All right, I would kind of believe that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) It's Thursday, which means it's taco day, so we should be early. (laughs) I would a little bit believe that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, So, yeah, so we also find out that uh, kids are, like, wearing ghost face masks for, like, haha funny jokes. I... It was, it's neat that, uh, the ghost face mask is just, they're just like, yeah, like this, this is a Halloween mask that's sold everywhere. Like we can't track this cause everyone sells it, uh-huh. which I thought is interesting, especially like looking back where that mask is now ubiquitous, you know? Yeah. Um, 
So the idea that it was just like, yeah, like it's not. I almost said Edward Scissorhands. What's the 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 dude with the knife fingers? Freddy Krueger. Yeah, it's not like Freddy Krueger where it's like, yeah, it's a guy with scars and a fedora and a striped sweater. This is just like, it could be anyone. Anyone could get their hands on this mask. It's sold to be a spooky, shitty mask. So someone's got it. Yeah. I I, I like that little detail. I, I Yeah, no, I, I agree. And and the killer also just like straight up doesn't have a name in universe. Like Ghostface, I'm pretty sure it's just like the out of universe name people use. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, so so we find that out. Uh, we also find out that school is being suspended because of the of the murders, and the the students leave and are like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna throw a party because school's suspended. We don't care about the murders." And then after they leave the school, uh, Ghostface comes after the principal and stabs him in his office. Yeah, which I kind of thought the principal might be stabbing people. Actually, I I didn't. Let me let me rephrase it. I knew the principal wasn't, but I could tell that this the movie kind of wanted you to think that maybe he was because yeah. of all of his like rants about teenagers these days and how much they all suck. And then yeah, like they, they, he like, pulls out scissors and they make the knife noises. Yeah, they like set him up really early on as a suspect and then they immediately kill him. Uh huh. It's also uh, it's uh, what's his name from Happy Days? It's the oh, Fawns. Yeah, yeah. It sure is. It's like, what's Barry Zuckercorn doing in my horror movie? <laughs> um, so yeah, so he gets stabbed. Stu, Matthew Lillard, uh, throws a party at his house to celebrate school being suspended. And like pretty much the rest of the entire movie takes place at this one house party, which is mm-hmm. cool. Oh no, there's also a, uh, there's also a scene in the video store where, where uh, their friend Randy works, where he is like talking to Stu and Billy about who might be the killer and they're like being weird at him (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know it's it's interesting that they have a character that's just like yeah like don't you follow horror movie logic like clearly he's a red herring and it's like it's very weird to have a character who exists solely to talk about the genre of movie he's in yeah, I, I feel like, okay, I feel like because this movie was made in 1996, that wasn't, like, a very common thing yet. So, like, mm-hmm. they could get away with it at the time, but now it's just, like, watching it in 2021, it just, like, feels like a little bit much. I was reading a thing a while ago, and someone said that the reason that, like, the reason that you can't get a Star Trek parody anymore is because Star Trek is already making the jokes about mm-hmm. what's so weird about Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, and I, I feel like that might be where this movie helped kick some horror genre stuff into where it's like now that Scream is out, all of horror is just like also making fun of itself as it does it. No. Yeah. It's like it's exactly that, I think. So yeah, I do feel like I might. I feel like watching this movie in in twenty what is it twenty twenty one? Is that when we are? Yes. Um, it's a little bit like watching Seinfeld, where you're just like, well, everyone does this. Why is this yeah. so innovative? Um. So yeah. So they they like talk about horror movie tropes and whatever, and they're like, who do you think the killer is? And Randy's like, well, I I don't know. Maybe it's you guys. Maybe it's me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they go to the party. Gail, the reporter, also shows up to the party because she's expecting there to be murders, basically. 
So she kind of shows up and just like hangs out in her mm-hmm. van outside. Uh, and Dewey also shows up because he thinks there's going to be murders at the party. Um, yeah. And Dewey and Gail have had. Gail's been like flirting with him to get access to stuff. But then like in the end, she kind of like reciprocates him liking her, which I thought was kind of weird. Because I was like, I thought this was just like doing a bit to get info. <laughs> um, but yeah. So they show up to the party, quote unquote, together. Yeah, it's really good. They um... it's, it's it's funny with the small town thing. It's very funny that they show up and one guy's like, shit, a cop is here. And someone else is like, it's Tatum's brother. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, no underage drinking. Ha ha, I'm kidding. I'm just Dewey here. <laughs> Look, I'm here with the hot reporter lady. <laughs> I love Dewey. Noti- so notice much. that and not how weird it is for me to be here. I love Dewey. He was supposed to die in this movie. Yeah. A- apparently in every movie yeah. he like apparently in every movie he almost dies and gets carted out in an ambulance in the end. Uh-huh. Yeah, they Spoiler were going to for this one. Yeah, they were going to kill him off like for real and then test audiences liked him too much and they were like, "Uh-oh." <laughs> so they just they literally just like added the scene of him leaving in an ambulance it's the power of being an unmitigated dork yeah um so yeah so he shows up and then tatum uh goes out to the garage kind of like coinciding with a a conversation that people are having in the house so Part of the ha- the whole house party thing is that they're watching the original Halloween movie on uh, the TV in Stu's house, basically throughout the whole party. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and Randy and kind of like the cast of high schoolers who are attending the party are like commentating on it. And they kind of talk about how like you shouldn't like leave a room in a horror movie and be like, hey, I'll be right back or whatever. Uh, and and Tatum kind of does that and like goes out to the garage to get beer, uh, and then Ghostface shows up and kills her. Yeah, this this one was cool. Yeah, he shows up and then she's like, "Hey, asshole! Like, a take off the costume because Sydney's gonna be pissed if she sees you wearing it. Uh, B come inside and get a drink." And then like he won't let her pass, and she's like just making fun of him the whole time, like oh please don't kill me i want to be in the sequel and then he like pulls out a knife and she's like oh wait fuck this is real (laughs) yeah it's really good because she like she thinks it's randy fucking with her yeah and like is kind of operating on that assumption uh up until he pulls out a knife which is it takes Mm -hmm. a while yeah it takes not to be the guy that's like if i was in a horror movie i would do it different but like it does take a little longer than I think it would take me to be like, hey, maybe something's off here. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think that's the comedy a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So they there's like this kind of chase around the garage a little bit. And Tatum tries to crawl out through the garage door. Uh-huh. And the the killer like puts up the garage door and like crushes her or like breaks her neck in the garage door. Yeah. She tries to climb through like a cat door uh-huh. and she only gets like her arm and neck out and then just like gets her neck snapped by the door. It's very gross. It's really <laughs> gross. 
not gory, but just like, oh man, ah oh, yeah. fuck. It's yeah, it's not gory. It's just like hard to watch. Uh huh. And then I guess she just like hangs there for a couple hours. Yeah, like nobody notice her notices her for the rest of the movie. Uh huh. She's just like gone. Yeah. Uh, everyone the... else keeps watching Halloween and like having the party, and she's just like her corpse is in the garage. Uh huh. I think the biggest like tip off that it is Stu is that Stu's one of the killers. Is that he eventually is just like, hey, I'm gonna go get beer out of the out of the garage, and then yeah. like doesn't stumble onto the body or notice that she's there. So it's like, okay, I guess he's involved in some way. Matthew Lillard's in on it. <laughs> And then Billy shows up to the party and he kind of like takes Sydney off upstairs while Dewey and Gail are, are investigating kind of the area around the party. And Billy and Sydney have sex upstairs. Um, mm-hmm. And then a bunch of people at the party leave because they hear that the principal died and they're like, oh, sick, let's go check it out. <laughs> they're so the 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 sex scene between billy and sydney is funny because it's cutting in between with the people talking about like horror movie rules yeah and about how you can't have sex and then he's like if you're in a horror movie you gotta show boobs it's the it's the money shot here we go and then it like cuts upstairs to like sydney taking her shirt off and we actively do not see boobs and i thought that was a very good clever smart filmmaking choice it's very good i think it's because this is a pg-13 movie right i i it might be is it pg-13 i don't know they they joke about it being a pg-13 movie but i don't actually know if it is uh i'm seeing r okay then never mind (laughs) but yeah no i think i think that's a good it's a good bit that they do yeah absolutely also i'm seeing the poster for the movie for the first time i didn't realize that drew barrymore was the like biggest person on the cover yeah cool yeah she was like the she was like the top billed actress for this movie (laughs) why i didn't i i didn't realize that she was that prominent and everything that's really neat um because because she was already like really famous and they were like oh we can like we can kind of put her name on this and people will go see it and not mm-hmm. knowing that she dies in the first like eight minutes <laughs> that's what they wanted to do with uh jack and lost oh god that's right they wanted a big actor to play him and then just kill him in the beginning of the, or at the end of the first episode yeah anyway so they have sex and uh afterwards he's like you're not gonna trust that i'm not the killer are you because she like asks him a question and oh it's yeah like, if you still kind of think that he might have attacked you with a knife maybe don't fuck him i yeah. get i get i get wanting to move past this as a as a character and come to terms with yourself and the issues with intimacy that your mom's murder have left you with and i get that maybe don't fuck the guy that you think stabbed you yeah i just you know no no no. i'm with you it's weird <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to judge people and what they're into. I'm just saying that on like, maybe don't have your first time with a guy that you're, you still haven't ruled out in your own attempted stabbing. Anyways, but then he's like, what do I have to do to convince you that I'm, that I'm not a murderer? 
And then Ghostface pops up behind him and stabs him. And it's like, well, that'll convince her. (laughs) Yeah, Ghostface pops up and, like, stabs him a bunch of times. Yeah, a lot. It's like, oh, I I guess this is happening. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know how it is in horror movies. You're not allowed to have sex. (laughs) Fuck off, Billy. Uh, uh, so then, Billy gets stabbed and definitely dies. And then I'm like, great, it's uh, the the two killers are the two horror movie dorks. Stu and what's his name? Stu and I'm Randy, I'm good at yeah. movies. Randy, yeah. I'm good at movies. I know who it is. Locked and loaded. Good to go. And so then we kind of get to the part of the movie where like everything happens so much. <laughs> it really does. Like there's just 800 plot lines going on at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, Sydney is running away from Ghostface in the house, and then Gale and Dewey are outside the house. They're... Well, okay, first, Sydney Sydney runs out of the house, and she goes to Gale's van, where her camera, where Gale's cameraman is, um, and they're looking on the cameras that are inside, that Gale is hidden inside the house, and they see ghost face come up behind randy on the couch um but it's previously been established when gail set up the cameras that they have a 30 second delay so they're like right oh no randy and then they see ghost face leave and they're like oh wait the cameras are on a 30 second delay and uh the cameraman goes to leave the van and sees like the the front door of the house is open and then ghost face pops up and kills him Yep. Which is another another way this movie uses like temporal logic in a very cool way. Mm-hmm. Cause it, it sets up the, the thirty second delay thing early and so like it's in your mind and then when it becomes plot important, it's like, oh oh no. Yeah, I I really liked that. That that's all. That's my smart commentary. I liked it. Yeah, it's good. Um and so yeah, so so the cameraman dies. Sydney continues to run away. Meanwhile, Gail and Dewey have discovered this abandoned car that belongs to Sydney's dad. So mm-hmm. Sydney's dad either is or isn't the killer. Uh, <laughs> and then Gail gets in her van and like tries to drive away, but she crashes the van. Because she's going to hit Sydney and she's trying not to hit Sydney and she, she crashes the van like in a ditch on the side of the road. Um, yes. And then Dewey goes into the house to try and investigate and get stabbed by Ghostface. <laughs> yep. And then... At this point, it's just like, great, we set up uh, like six different people that it could be. We're going to murder them all in rapid succession. <laughs> Yeah, they really do do that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Dewey gets stabbed. Uh, Randy and, and Stu show up, and they both try to convince Sydney that each other is the killer. Yeah, and I I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Because I knew at least one of them was lying. <laughs> I really like that scene because Sydney just slams the door on yeah Sydney's like fuck this I'm not playing this game and just like slams it and I really thought that we were gonna hear like 
the sound of one of them dying through the door and not know which one it was. Oh, interesting. Like, I thought that we were, I, I expected us to just hear that. And I thought that would, I thought, not to be like, I thought that'd be a cool scene. And then it wasn't. And then I got sad. But like, that's where I thought it was going. And then it didn't. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm better at this than Wesley Craven. <laughs> so yeah, so then she, she like slams the door and then Billy like comes down the stairs and is like, oh, I'm alive, whatever. And Sydney hands him Dewey's gun. <laughs> yes. And she's like, hey, boyfriend, please protect us. And he's like, perfect, great, love it. <laughs> and then shoots Randy. <laughs> yep. He really does that. I was surprised at how much this movie ends with people shooting other people. Yep. Or I should say ghost face shooting people and like holding people at gunpoint. I guess it's a very human ending for it, but it felt weird that like this masked killer that's been stabbing people is now that he's unmasked. He's like, great, I got a fucking gun. So like, I'm going to monologue for a bit and point this at you. Uh, but that's where we are. <laughs> yeah. So he shoots Randy uh, and then he lets Stu inside the house and they kind of like drag Sydney into the kitchen where they menace her yes and here we get them they just kind of explain that like she's like what's your fucking motive and they're like we don't have a motive we're just bored kids yeah they're like thought it'd be fun to stab people (laughs) and it's like yeah okay there is nothing scarier than like a bored suburban kid i get that (laughs) yeah i've been there Um, they also say that they uh they have they're like holding her dad somewhere and they're gonna pin the murders on him so that they get away with it Uh uh-huh and they also say that they murdered sydney's mom because she was having an affair with billy's dad yes billy blames the mom for that and her yeah nothing nothing super deep (laughs) they're basically Uh, just like yeah no we just wanted to kill people (laughs) and they're like i guess that could be a motive but like that's not really why I'm doing this. It's why I'm killing you, but it's not why I'm killing people. Um, I'm killing people because it's fun. And it is neat that I can kill you on the anniversary of your mom's death. But I was trying to kill you like up to three days ago. So it doesn't really drive me. But like when in Rome. I love that scene of them just like talking to her in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being menacing. I like it when she's like, what, did scary movies make you do this? And it was like, no, horror movies don't make people kill people. Horror <laughs> movies make murderers more creative. And I was like, okay, that's a neat line. <laughs> then they're like, we got to start stabbing each other now. Um, <laughs> yeah, my favorite part is that they they do that before they've taken care of Sydney. <laughs> yes they're just like great first we're gonna we're gonna start injuring each other so that no one catches us first we're gonna do our weird intricate rituals in front of billy's girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) oh boy i love that tweet it's just like which one is more gay actually being gay or whatever the two guys from scream had going on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man I-, I gotta say matthew lillard is unhinged in this scene uh he's incredible 
If you want to see Shaggy going absolutely buck wild, watch this scene. Oh, it's Um, so good. Some uh, someone we followed tweeted last night. They're just like, "Damn, the Scooby Doo movie does not have an unattractive person in the cast, do they?" And I responded, <laughs> and was like, "I'm watching Scream right now, so uh, gonna have to <laughs> get some thoughts right now." Because <laughs> right now Shaggy's crying because a he got stabbed too deep, and oh man, I can feel it. I think I'm dying, man. And secondly, Sydney called the cops and he's worried he's going to get in trouble with his parents. Oh my god, I love that line so much. It's it's such a good line cuz it like it really highlights like I knew so many kids that in in high school that it was like it didn't it doesn't matter what I'm doing, like the worst thing that can happen is if my parents find out, regardless of like any actual consequences that could come as a result of actions yeah absolutely it's such a good scene and such a good line and then is this when gail comes back in yeah yeah yeah. they do the whole they do the whole stabbing thing gail comes back in and sydney kind of takes the distraction and just fucking goes for it Mm Hmm. she knocks billy out and then she drops a she drops the tv on top of stew that was great yeah uh, such a good kill to have this guy that's like obsessed with horror movies and then you kill him with a tv while a horror movie's playing on it it's such so good. a good I-, I love that they just let sydney go absolutely ape shit at the end of this movie it rules uh-huh absolutely there's a point where she like grabs the like the ghost face like scary voice box and she uses it to talk to them which is great yeah mm-hmm. it's so good um and then gail shoots billy and they like are like oh well that's over with whatever uh let's go check on our friend randy who's definitely still alive uh, and then billy pops back up again and sydney just fucking shoots him point just blank. shoots him in the head yeah <laughs> oh it's so good um and then the police get there and everybody gets taken away in an ambulance yeah, and everything is hunky-dory. No room for a sequel. <laughs> and that's Scream. That's Scream, baby. I gotta say, talking about the movie, I think I enjoy. I think I enjoyed talking about this movie more than I enjoyed actually watching this movie. And that's um, why I wanted to. I wanted you to watch it for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think I might have liked this movie more than I gave myself credit for. Uh, I don't think I'm going to, I'm not going to start uh, rushing out to see more slasher movies anytime soon, but if I had to watch one of them, this was a, this was a good one to watch. Yeah. I kind of want to rewatch Scream 2 now, because I don't remember a lot of it. I watched a couple scenes from the ending of it. Um, I just wanted to like get a grapple on what this series became and just like, you know, what, what sequel could come from this. Uh, and I did really like that, uh. There's a great quote where um, one of the people who's the killer in that movie is like monologuing at her about like how great Billy was and how he wants to be like Billy. Uh, And she's like, there's one thing that you're forgetting about Billy Loomis. And he goes, what? And she says, I fucking killed him. And then she attacks him, too. And it's great. I Sydney's great. I love Sydney so much. (laughs) I love that she's like a very active protagonist and final girl. Yeah. 
like she does run away from the the killer but she she very actively like throws shit and like is antagonizing the killer also yeah throwing shit kicking them like attacking the killer Mm -hmm. like Ghostface exists to get the shit kicked out of him and part i guess part of the 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 what makes Ghostface so unnerving is that there are two of him Mm -hmm. um even if they're not like actively showing up together as a as a pair but like i'm just now realizing that there's the scene in uh in the beginning of the movie where like the last question is what door which door am i standing at and the answer i guess is both isn't it because there's two of them yeah like that's how they get you but the fact that there's two of them really lets you kick the shit out of one of them to get away and make it seem like he's getting back up even if he's still taking hits like a just like a chump <laughs> the chumpification of ghostface is great in these movies cuz it makes him all more sinister when he gets you you know yeah you you didn't get taken out by some demigod you got taken out by a doofus you got taken out by fucking shaggy <laughs> i'm trying to find i think i found it uh the part in this video essay where he talks about like the whole scene at the party and like how it actually logically works out so that Billy and Stu are like exactly in the places that they should be throughout the entire party and like you can tell which one of them is being ghostface at which time oh cool wait let me find it I'll send it to you cool what uh What's that good video essay if people want to check it out? Oh, I'll include uh, it, or we'll, we'll include it in the show notes. But yeah, I'm gonna link you to the right timestamp so I can just like show you this clip. But it's uh, it's called "The Art of Scream: Horror Logic Done Right." Okay. Basically, it's just this whole sequence kind of talking about the spatial, how like the spatial logic of the house and then temporal logic of the party all actually make sense, and it's really really interesting. Cool. It turns out this uh, Wes Craven guy is pretty good at making horror movies. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? Well, hell yeah. We'll definitely have a link to this uh, this video in the show notes. Yeah, it's 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 really really interesting. Um, it also talks about the scene where the 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 killer like is chasing Sydney through her own house and then disappears, but there's not logically enough time between the killer disappearing and Billy showing up at her window for it to have happened. And like you mm-hmm. kind of register that in your brain, right? And because it, it's the other one is chasing her, and then Billy pops up there, probably because he was the one that made the phone call. Yeah, and like it, they also talk about how like when the killer is at the van, like kind of menacing Gale, and then runs off. Stu then runs on screen from the same direction that the killer left from. Yeah, it's really smart. It is. Turns out, movie's pretty well made. Turns out, movie's pretty well made. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I, this is clear. This is not my genre of movie. I think is where I'm really landing on. Uh, <laughs> Scream is slasher movies, not really my thing. Uh, but of them, I'm glad that you made me watch this one, and I think I enjoyed watching it in hindsight. Yeah. So yeah, I've, I've definitely enjoyed talking about it. Uh, so if you're like me and a wimp and think you might want to get into it. Scream's a pretty good one. It also isn't very, um, it's not super gory. It's not yes. super gross. 
it feels like it's pretty bare bones down to earth like back to basics here's a slasher film um yeah which i i liked a whole lot uh this one was really cool yeah uh there was also a tv show that was made for mtv (laughs) is that any good Marn? no it's really bad but you should watch it anyway (laughs) (laughs) i am not exaggerating when i say i have watched it three times in its entirety it's like it they were doing riverdale before riverdale knew it was going to exist hell yeah it's like (laughs) it's like if you took riverdale and then also killed off archie every single week of riverdale my understanding is that that's most people's dream for riverdale correct um the other good part about mtv scream is that they did not have the rights to anything from the actual movie for the first two seasons. So I'm going to, real quick, send you a picture of what Ghostface looks like in the Scream TV show. It's just Edward Monk's The Scream. <laughs> they also couldn't call him Ghostface. <laughs> That's really funny, because it's, it's not like his name in the movie. They're not, oh god. <laughs> Yeah, that loses all of the... There's personality in the Scream mask, you know? Yeah. And it's really not there in this one, huh? It's really bad, Andrew. Oh, boy. They really... They really were like, all right, we got to copy the scream mask, but not too closely. <laughs> don't let her know that we uh, <laughs> don't don't let the teacher know that I'm copying off your work. It's the really defined nose on this one that gets me, I think. It's the what? It's the fact that it has a really defined nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh, man. Like, that's not, that's just a guy. (laughs) (laughs) I will say I do miss the, uh, one thing that I, I, I wish that they had brought from scary movie back into scream is the different, uh, the different facial expression masks that, uh, the scream killer has in that one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's a dumb little gag, but I love it. Anytime that a mask matches the emotion of the person under it. Yeah, no, I um, agree. That's very funny. <laughs> it they should not do that. It would absolutely ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I think that's all that I have to say about Scream. Is there anything else that you wanted to bring up for the class? Uh no, I think that's it. I wanted to talk about how bad the TV show is and how everybody should go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> they have like you know how like how Randy in the in the in the movie is like obnoxious watching it in 2021 yeah they like try to do that same character but like in a tv show that was made in 2017 cool (laughs) there's yeah that's that's the thing is that like having having a character do that in a thing that came out today is like yeah we saw scream 25 years ago you're not bringing anything new to the party by being like, did you know you shouldn't have sex in a horror movie? 
Yeah. It's also um something about the writing of the uh of the TV show which is I was I was just saying to someone the other day cuz I, I I tricked a friend into watching it recently. <laughs> <laughs> Is that uh, in between season one and season two, you can really tell that uh, someone in the writer's room watched the Saw movies and came to the writer's meetings like, hey, guys, I've got some great new ideas. Y'all, I'm going to blow your fucking minds. (laughs) Like they they literally extremely clearly watched the Saw movies and was like. Oh, we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> that's our show. that's our shining recommendation. Go check out the Scream MTV TV show. Literally, please watch it. It's so funny. <laughs> well, yeah. All right, I think that is gonna do it for us. I have no idea how we wrap this up. So uh, I also forget how we wrap this up. Go out and enjoy some uh, some spooks and scares. Yeah. Next yeah, time we'll pick go... something. I, if we if we ever do another episode, I want to continue the thing where we watch like a different subgenre each time. I would be willing to do more episodes of this on a much uh, on a, a an irregular basis. Now that we've decided to get an editor for Argonauts, I think that I should have more time available to me. But I. And going to be responsible and not take on that workload just quite yet. Uh, but if we do, what movie should we watch, Marn? Uh, I don't know. I I was gonna say maybe a found footage one, but we just watched Cloverfield. <laughs> that's yeah, that's the thing. I just watched another horror movie. I'm up one horror movies. You are up one horror movies. I've watched um, more horror this year than I have any other year on record. I'm so proud of you, Andrew. Thanks, I hate it. Maybe we'll watch Jaws. Is Jaws a horror movie? Jaws is a western. Okay. (laughs) I mean, technically Jaws is a horror movie. Jaws is a western. I'll I'll go to the grave defending that Jaws is a western. All right. We've had this discussion before. I'm gonna no, Google. I, let me Google horror movies. Oh, you know what? Uh, maybe we'll watch Carrie. I rewatched Carrie recently. I could watch good. Carrie, the old one. Uh, either one. I actually really like the remake. Okay. Uh, Alyssa, uh, and, I well, are, are, Alyssa and I are reading it for Dead Letter Society. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Cool. Sounds good to me. I was and like, until then. <laughs> I was trying to think, like, what are my favorite horror movies that, like, Andrew won't be grossed out by? <laughs> I was thinking of a uh, a line to end this on, and I thought, uh, stay spooky and don't get murdered. And then I realized that's already a yeah, that's different a podcast <laughs> sign-off. Uh, so I'm not going to say that one. So until next time, Boo! Best idea of a podcast of all time. 
This is Champs in the Making. Where we have made a bracket of every Pokemon that has ever existed and are putting them up in battles head-to-head. One-on-ones to scientifically find out the best Pokemon. Every two weeks, we gather up an assortment of hosts from the Orange Groves. And cut a bloody path through the Pokedex. Come listen to me defend the rights of crustacean-based Pokemon. Olga is a perfect little baby, and I will not stand for anything else. Deciduize the best fucking Pokemon because he looks like Robin Hood. Shout some about why your favorite Pokemon is the best. Put them forward and insult Ambipom every two weeks, only on the Orange Groves. Uh, Puchina is the best, and my friends already knocked Mightyena out, which I'm sad about. So now we're truly just living on the edge.